Warning, this episode contains brain food that will lead to improved emotional and social intelligence. Hello and welcome to our new short format servings of consciously prepared brain food designed to improve your mental fitness. This is Lisa Cypress Kamen, your host. For more than 12 years, we've been proudly and consistently crafting harvesting happiness and sharing it with you. Each week, we spotlight diverse thinkers and doers who are contemporary trendsetters and change agents devoting their lives to creating a better world in which to live. We invite you to listen up and change the way you think about human happiness. Our award-winning content is fresh, optimistic, and purpose-driven media that promotes well-being from the inside out. Alrighty then, let's dive in. Alrighty then, let's get to it. Today we're talking about scientific wellness, healthcare in our hands. My guest today is Dr. Nathan Price. He is the Chief Science Officer of Thorne Health Tech and Professor at the Institute for Systems Biology. Selected as an emerging leader in health and medicine by the National Academy of Medicine, he received the Grace A. Goldsmith Award for his work on scientific wellness and has co-authored over 200 peer-reviewed scientific publications. He's also the co-author of The Age of Scientific Wellness, Why the Future of Medicine is Personalized, Predictive, Data-Rich, and In Your Hands. Nathan, thanks for being here with me today. I am super excited to talk with you about really what I see is some exciting emerging medicine. I mean, I know it's not new to you, but it's new to many of us. Yeah, well, thank you, Lisa. So great to be here and looking forward to our conversation. Let's talk about the 20th century healthcare model and why it doesn't work and what your vision of the future is for scientific wellness. Yes. So if you think about the state of of medicine today and where it started, it really began in the early uh, 20th century. And if you think about the challenges that were facing us at that period, uh, they were very different from what we have today. There's this morbid statistic, but you know, every third coffin was filled with the body of a child who had died from an infectious disease. So losing a bunch of your children or your cousins or your loved ones was a natural part of life, and it had been for all of human history before then. So this guy, Abraham Flexner, really went on, he wrote this uh, famous report did a survey of, of the sorry state of medicine at that point, and we really brought science into medicine, and we developed the approach that has turned into the enterprise that we have today, and we had an incredible success story of eliminating many of these infectious diseases that we were all dying from. And this was around an approach that was a find it and fix it approach. Find the pathogen, the, the, the bug that's killing you, kill it off, and you move forward. So great, right? Now, if we fast forward to now, though, we have a very different set of challenges. We are plagued by chronic disease, uh, much more so than infectious disease, the recent pandemic being an obvious uh, exception to that. Uh, But as we look at these issues with chronic disease, we've essentially taken this find the pathogen and kill it, and we've turned it into find the target drug it. And we have essentially bolted on a framework for so the solutions to 20th century medicine and put them into the challenges now in the 21st. So what we argue in the book is that for chronic disease, we actually need to shift the paradigm of medicine into a totally different direction and not focus on disease, 
but actually focus on health and wellness. And the idea there being that we need to understand in a very deep way what drives health and be in a way that we create a medicine that is personalized, predictive, preventive, and participatory. And we'll come back to that. We call that P4 medicine. And the idea being that we move much more upstream so that we work on prevention more than treatment. Because in these chronic diseases, early stage intervention tends to be easy. Late stage intervention tends to be very difficult, and if not impossible, if you get past a certain threshold. And it's also highly unique to the individual in terms of how it's progressing, what's driving it, what are the root causes in their life, and so forth. So that's the paradigm that we're really talking about. And when we talk about P4 medicine and how it's powered, I think this is a very interesting angle, too, is that you want to use data and AI, or you are using data and AI to support the preventative medicine. Absolutely. And in fact, this is the other, the flip side. So I just talked about the challenges that motivate this shift in, in mindset around medicine. The other big shift is the opportunities and technologies that we have. So over the last several years, we've gained the ability to monitor thousands of analytes in the blood. These can be all the small molecule metabolites called the metabolome, all the proteins in the blood called the proteome, all the genetic uh, epigenetic markers like methylation markers on the genome called epigenetics and so forth. So you're able to get this myriad amount of information. And of course, we couldn't have even gotten our minds wrapped around what that meant without the advances that we've had, and especially the acceleration lately with AI, where we can then take this vast multiomic data that lets you understand or at least get a lot of information out of the out of your body. And then with AI approaches coupled with mechanistic models and digital twins, uh, which are representations of your physiology, and we can get into that later. But those things coming together give us the capability to understand what a predictive approach to healthcare would actually look like. And we've never really had that before. And when you talk about a predictive approach, you're not talking about in invasive testing. These types of tests are, are, are administered with very, very little bits of blood, saliva, etc., Exactly. So, and this is getting better uh, all the time. So a lot of information you can get simply off wearables, right? If you have an Apple watch or a Fitbit or a, anyway, whatever, whatever you have, you can get a lot of generic health information that's very actionable and useful. You can wear a continuous glucose monitor, essentially painless and get these and put them in. The, the general one goes in for about two weeks and you can see in real time the glucose measures in your body how food affects that, what different choices you make. It turns out the order in which you eat food will make a difference on how much it, it spikes blood. If you eat the fibrous food first, you'll spike it less. If you eat the you know, more uh, sugary type foods first, it will spike more. Uh, and you can also get blood measures, including you know, at Thorne, we've developed uh, something called the One Draw, which is a, you know, essentially a virtually painless at-home blood collection device that will enable you to make you know, on the back end, thousands of measurements. And we've used wow. this in, in research studies on tens of thousands of people already. And so you can just get access to this kind of information in a much simpler way than before. This is amazing and very hopeful. Let's talk about what we as individuals can do to optimize our health today. Are you suggesting that we, well, wearables is one thing that you, I know you're suggesting that we each have access to these wearables that, that, that connect up with our smartphones. And that's one thing, but what else? 
So another one that I really recommend is looking at your microbiome. So the microbiome represents thousands of species of microbes that live in your gut or on your skin, or, or essentially it's an envelope between you and the environment. And every single thing that you bring into your body, whether it's food, a supplement, or a drug, gets modified by the microbiome, at least potentially, before it comes into you. And so this microbiome was totally invisible to us a few decades ago. You know, no one really knew much about it. And now it's emerged as this massive area that affects your health. And so you know, there are these intricate relationships between your gut microbiome and the health of your brain. Uh, it makes a difference in terms of how you digest food, all kinds of illnesses. Uh, your inflammatory state is, is related to that. And so, again, Thorne, one of the things that we've done is to, uh, to develop a gut health test around the microbiome and try to make that as simple and easy as possible for people to be able to uh, get a test. One of the things we did was to develop something called the microbiome wipe, which is uh, exactly what it sounds like. It basically got... <laughs> All right. Yeah. So it's this. So in traditional ways of doing your microbiome, I don't know how how many of your listeners have done this. Some rooms I'm in, everyone's done their microbiome and most rooms I'm in, no one has. But if if you do a microbiome test, uh, the typical ones, you've got to go through a a process that's unpopular, let's say, which is a poop and scoop approach where you've got to. (laughs) Anyway, I won't take you through all the details. You could uh, could imagine what it looks like. You've been there. You've done your microbiome. Exactly. So we wanted to get rid of that as a step. And so what we did was invent a, uh, a special wipe, which is exactly what it sounds like. Made out of a special polymer. So you just wipe like you would on any, any day, but then you can put it in a vial and close it. You shake it in about 10 seconds, it dissolves away. And then that, and then you can stabilize the DNA and ship that in. So that was something that we were excited about because we think it makes it as easy to get a fecal sample and test your microbiome as it is to use toilet paper. And so by doing these kind of things, what we're really looking for as, you know, and this whole commercial space is emerging on this, there's a whole ecosystem emerging, but basically to try to make it so that you can take advantage of these uh, really cutting edge scientific discoveries and what's happening now, but make it as easy and simple as possible for someone to take action. So when, uh, in response to the microbiome wipe, you do the test, it comes back, it shows that you know, you're filled with inflammation, you've got Helicobacter pylori, and, and now what? <laughs> right, exactly. So that's where you know, we try to make this as actionable as possible. Uh, so at Thorne, we do make about 300 different products, natural products, a number of which can have specific and targeted effects on the gut microbiome. And so we provide personalized recommendations for people. Uh, depending on what we see. Uh, That could be uh, helping to account for deficiencies. Many nutrients in your body actually need to be made in the microbiome. So if there's evidence that they're not being made, you can uh, supplement to make uh, make up for that. Uh, If there are shifts that are needed in the microbiome, there are particular fibers or prebiotics or probiotics that you can use to uh, to aim at shifting your microbiome in a personalized way. You can take a test before and after to really see if it's making the uh, change that is desired. Right, so that's all uh, completely visible to people, and so those are the kind of things that you can do. And in fact, we did a clinical trial on people suffering uh, irritable bowel syndrome, 
and showed that we could get significant reduction in symptoms for irritable bowel syndrome over the course of a one-month period. Wow. And to give people an idea of personalization, there were 75 people in the trial, 69 unique uh, recommendation combinations. So almost everyone got a unique recommendation. But we were able to show you know, in a, in a peer-reviewed study that you know, it really had an effect for them. That's incredible. I mean, really, really incredible. And I, I guess what you're saying is that that armed with these tests, armed with these wearables, the consumer takes control of his or her health, treats their health in a holistic way with lifestyle interventions, diet, and supplementation? Exactly. So you can really dive in and take ownership of your wellness. Uh, you can understand a lot more about what's happening in your body than was you know, possible previously. And you can take steps to improve your health. And you can do that either on your own in the consumer space, or if you want to work with healthcare professionals, uh, you can also do it uh, in that way. If you have a doctor that is uh, inclined to uh, be into these, uh, you know, more advanced and re uh, and emerging areas. Let's take a pause. And when we come back, we will continue the conversation with my guest today, Dr. Nathan Price. We're talking about his book, The Age of Scientific Wellness, Why the Future of Medicine is Personalized, Predictive, Data-Rich, and in Your Hands. To learn more about Dr. Nathan Price and his work, please visit thorn.com. Go to the leadership section and type in Nathan Price. You can connect with Nathan on Twitter at ISB Nathan Price. Here comes that pause. We'll be right back. And that is a guarantee. Before we head out to the break, let's talk about how pleasurable daily self-care rituals can boost human happiness. It's been proven that small, consistent actions generate a positive impact in our lives, like exercising, journaling, and connecting with friends. And sometimes those actions pay off in a big way. Way offers a complete hair care solution that promotes fuller looking, healthier feeling, and happier hair for everyone. Fine, medium, or thick hair? Way has got you covered. Not sure of your hair type? Take their quiz to find out the way that will work best for you. I've made Way an integral part of my self-care routine for the past several months, and I'm seeing and feeling an improvement in the appearance and quality of my once flat and dull hair. I'm a big fan of Way's hair care products. My go-to products are the shampoo and conditioner for fine hair, plus the leave-in spray conditioner. They make my hair healthy, full, and bouncy. I love washing my hair before I sleep, so I take the delicious aroma with me to bed. Way helps to improve overall hair health with beauty-boosting ingredients that support thicker, shinier, beautiful-looking tresses. Way is an easy and effective go-to hair and scalp health regime because good hair care demands more than just styling. The Detox Shampoo combines clarifying apple cider vinegar and enriching keratin that cleanses impurities, product buildup, hard water deposits, and more that will leave your hair and scalp squeaky clean while bringing it back to life with strength, softness, and shine. Get on your way to healthier hair one day at a time with shampoos and conditioners that are just your type. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use code HH for 15% off your entire purchase. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, code HH. Now here comes the break. We'll be right back. Each day we have the intellectual freedom to be happy or the liberty to be miserable, regardless of external circumstance. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental health, urge them to seek professional support because good psychological health is vital 
in achieving a satisfying life? Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for psychosocial educational resources to boost emotional and social intelligence. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness? Sharing is caring. Pay it forward by spreading the word to your tribe through social media. Find us at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook and me at Lisa Kamen on Twitter. And we're back continuing the conversation with my guest today, Dr. Nathan Price. We're talking about scientific wellness, putting healthcare in our hands. Let's get back to it. So Nathan, one of the things that you write about in the book is about health spans and why health spans are more important than lifespans. Yes. So health span essentially just refers to the length of your life where you live at good health. No serious diseases, enjoying your life mobile and and living the life that you you want to have. So most people care a lot more about their health span than they do their lifespan. And in fact, when we first got into this area, it's interesting how many people will tell you that they don't want to live longer. And when you die, which I I find odd, but, but when you dive in around that, you realize it's because they have in their model this extension of a very poor quality of life. And then that sentence makes sense. And so it really is about how do we increase the number of years through which we are mentally active, physically active, and so forth. So one of the things we argue in scientific wellness is that if you if you understand your genome, you're getting your blood measures, you're also doing obviously all the table stakes things that matter a lot, exercise and diet and all the things that we know, that it gives you a map by which you can help to lower the risk of a lot of the negative outcomes that you're trying to avoid and understand more about what makes you optimize the health trajectory of your body. And that's what we talk about a lot in the book are specifics around how you can go through and build yourself such a path using the tools available today. There are some people out there in the world who are magnificent models of this. You know, you see the occasional 92-year-old downhill skier, right, who gets out you know, during the winter and go skiing for an hour or two multiple times a week and has no real health issues or the cyclist or the runner. Talk about these unique individuals. Yeah, I'm happy to. In fact, I would say my co-author on the book, Lee Hood, is, is one of them. Uh, he's 84. Every morning he starts his day doing 100 push-ups in one set and works out for about half an hour to 45 minutes. He, when we wrote the book out on uh, his place in the San Juan Islands, you know, would, you know, he would run for an hour to an hour and a half every afternoon. I mean, you're talking, wow. and this is uh, someone who is 84 and and starting new enterprises, new, new companies as we speak and so forth. And so he is an incredible representative of someone who is at that you know, later stage of life and and vibrant and energetic and you know, driving, driving forward. And so you you see these individuals for sure. Yeah, go ahead. No, which was going to lead me to the next question about brain health and and clarity and cognition as we age. And obviously your co-author has all of this and has been practicing these healthy lifestyle model for a long time. Absolutely. So brain health is an area that I'm very passionate about and it is an area that has been too neglected in our healthcare system. So one of the things we really need is just like you go in for 
an annual physical or you're monitoring your cardiovascular health or your progress to diabetes, you want to be monitoring the health of your brain. And there are many factors that you can use to do this. So one that we like quite a lot is called uh, Brain HQ, uh, which is put forward by Posit Science. Uh, this was developed by Mike Merzenich, who is a uh, prof- uh, now emeritus professor at uh, UCSF, and he won the Kavli Prize for Neuroscience, essentially the Nobel Prize of Neuroscience. It's a huge, huge award for the leaders in that field uh, as one of the real pioneers of neuroplasticity, mm. i.e. how malleable your brain is. And so he provides a series of basically progressive overload exercises for the brain that pushes you to the extreme end of what you're able to do in terms of your memory or your focus or your processing speed. He likes to point out, which is really true, your brain is, in addition to as we think about our minds and so in our daily experience, your brain is also a physical object that is able to carry out or not certain tasks. And you can stress it just like you do a muscle and keep it vibrant and active and, and make it stay closer to its peak health if you do these things. So that, that's one big bucket. The other big bucket I want to talk about is around dementia. So if you think about dementia, the most common of which is Alzheimer's disease, Alzheimer's disease today is essentially incurable. Right? Once, you, once your neurons are dying and you're trying to regrow, you know, you're trying to put that back together, nobody knows how to do that. Uh, and it's a huge problem. However, there are many things you can do from a prevention standpoint that make a difference in your long, lifelong risk for Alzheimer's disease. In fact, we've scientifically, we haven't released this yet, but we have delved in into, in major detail, building a digital twin model of cognition over the course of life. And we've simulated 10 million digital twins of patients now where we can provide forecasts of of a probabilistic future for these digital twins of when we would expect them to fall into dementia, as well as the differences in that probability profile when you change different activities. One that's super important is is just keeping oxygenation levels to your brain high. Uh, That is protective against neuronal death that when they run into energy deficits. And as you get older, the oxygenation in your brain goes down. But you can fight against that by doing exercises. One that really helps a lot in a recent study we just uh, just found is uh, especially exercises where you're jumping up and down. Like that has a, those um, kind of exercises have a really good uh, uh, effect on getting oxygenation and blood flow into the brain better over the course of your life. So there's wow. all kinds of things that you can do. You know, you want to keep your you know, your muscle mass up for for a variety of reasons. Uh, inflammation, you want to keep inflammation levels lower. Uh, high inflammation is a risk factor for dementia. Low vitamin D is a risk factor uh, for dementia. There are a host of these that come together, and there and a bunch of them are modifiable. Uh, phosphatidylcholine. So uh, either by through diet like uh, eggs and so forth, people who re- eat diets rich in phosphatidylcholine get Alzheimer's at a, uh, about three years later than people who don't. Huh. And and we actually have simulated a mechanism for that in this digital twin model. And so we can we use that as a as a predictor of 
you know, these risk profiles uh, that you can you can generate and so forth. Anyway, I could talk about many more, but those are all things you can do that will make a make a difference in your lifelong risk for uh, or your lifelong uh, goal of keeping your brain healthy for as long as possible. Well, I want to ask you about depression, because I do know from studies that people who suffer with depression, there is shrinkage in the hippocampus. And is there a correlation between that and dementias? Yeah, they're certainly interrelated. I haven't delved super deep on that topic, but they're, all these things are very deeply interconnected. And what we do find is that there's a lot of core mechanisms that seem to be shared when you look at you know, the different neurodegenerative diseases, certainly Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and so forth, as well as how they relate back to the uh, neuropsychiatric diseases um, like depression. We are nearly out of time, and I want to make sure we touch on one more component of your work, which I find very interesting and exciting, and that is your participation in President Biden's Cancer Moonshot 2.0 project. Talk a little bit about this. This is super exciting. Yeah, we're super excited to be doing that, and this is something that we're doing uh, from uh, Thorn Health Tech, uh, So, where I'm a chief science officer. So, so Thorn Health Tech is engaged with that program through the use of our at-home blood measurement device, the OneDraw. So what we're doing is monitoring in blood in ways that we can just very simply mail it to a person's house, get information back, and then using that to identify what are early warning signs for cancers that could be deployed even remotely. And in fact, we're working on the arm of the uh, Cancer Moonshot Project that's primarily working with uh, veterans and uh, soldiers and looking as well at the environmental toxins that they've been exposed to and the elevation of risk that they get because of those toxins and trying to tie together mechanisms for how those toxins lead to changes that you can observe in the blood and then how that leads to diseases that they may not actually manifest for another decade, but that they're at much higher risk than the general population. So we're trying to fill in those kind of gaps. Really, really good stuff. I look at the work that you're doing and I wonder how you could sleep at night because <laughs> I think, oh my gosh, it's so exciting. <laughs> you you have to sleep at night. That's the only thing no, you have you to. It's, it's, part, it's part of wellness. It's part of lifestyle management. I get it. But this this is really exciting work and I'm eager to see where this goes and how the public embraces this, you know, because I know that the idea that the consumer is in charge of their health is much more appealing than the model that we have now. Yeah. And I think that's the, you know, a path that a lot of people want to do, which is focus on, you know, first, what can you do behaviorally to embrace healthy lifestyle? Second, you know, what can you do with data and supplements, natural products, things that are relatively safe that you can do in your own life? And then, you know, if you get it, if you're unfortunately get into those serious disease situations then you know, that leads you back into the medical system uh, to deal with that. But I think there's a natural progression of trying to do the things that are safest, easiest, applied as strongly as possible towards wellness and own as much of that as you possibly can. Just going back to the one draw test, is this something that is, is now available? It's on the market? So it's available right now for research studies. It's uh-huh. FDA approved for supervised draw. We are hoping that it will be supervised that it will be approved for direct to consumer in the United States. We hope within a few months. And it is already approved for direct to consumer use in uh, multiple countries around the world. So we're just waiting on 
on uh, to get the final ruling from the FDA. Yeah, I think this is really, really exciting. Thank you, Nathan, for spending time with me for breaking this down to, you know, an understandable format that you know our listeners can connect with. And congratulations on your book and the work that you're doing. It's very exciting and hopeful for all of us. And come back and update us because we want to know more. Thanks so much, Lisa. I'd be very happy to anytime. It's a pleasure. To learn more about Dr. Nathan Price and his work, please visit thorn.com. Go to the leadership section and type in Nathan Price. You can connect with Nathan on Twitter at ISB Nathan Price. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness today. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen on behalf of my guest, Dr. Nathan Price, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Please go out and rock your day and remember to be kind to one another. Keep harvesting your own happiness anytime and anywhere from the comfort of wherever you are. Subscribe, listen, and share hundreds of downloadable episodes from our mental muscle-toning libraries at HarvestingHappinessTalkRadio.com, Toginet.com, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about my global consulting services, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and following me on Twitter at Lisa Kamen. Harvesting Happiness is produced by me, Lisa Cypress-Kamen, Andrea Mangeli, Robin Boyd, Andrea Daly, and the awesome team at Podfly Productions, including Eric Begay, Kimberly Beck, and Alec Gus, in collaboration with Toginet Radio, KBUU Radio Malibu.net, and is available on PRX, the public radio exchange.